Greetings! Welcome to the Crossroad. My name is Tepe Mofata, and today's message is from 2 Timothy chapter 2, from verse 24 to verse 26, and it is titled, Repentance is a gift from God that leads to knowledge of truth. Let's get, let's get right into it, and it reads as follows. And the reason why I'm starting at verse 20 is so that I can give you the context. But we will go quickly through verses 20 to 23 so that we can get to our message at verse 24. Now it reads as follows. Now in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver but also of wood and clay. Some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is honorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use. Set apart as holy useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. So, flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels, and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but guide, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Now, in verse 20, Paul starts by saying that there are two types of vessels, one made of gold and silver, but also others that are made of wood and clay. Also, there are some that are used for honorable purposes, and there are some that are used for dishonorable purposes. He says here, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, so now he's, after giving us these uh, two types of vessels, he's using that analogy to now speak to, 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 to us. He's saying that if anyone cleanses himself of what is dishonorable, this is what will happen. He will be a vessel for honorable use, he will be set apart as holy. He will be useful to the master of the house. And he will be ready for every good work. Now, based on this, Paul says, So, flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. So, in other words, don't do this alone. Don't do this alone. If you cleanse yourself from what is dishonorable, you will become a vessel that is useful for honorable use. You will be set apart as holy. You will be useful to the master of the house as, a, as an honorable vessel. And you will be ready for every good work. So, to, 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 to achieve this, to, to, to get to a place where you become an honorable vessel, which can be used for honorable use, a vessel that can be used for honorable use, set, set apart as holy and useful to the master of the house and ready for every good work. This is what you must do. You must flee youthful passions. You must pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Not alone, but along with those who also call on the Lord from a pure heart. Those who also want to see themselves cleansed from what is dishonorable so that they can be vessels for honorable use. 
He continues in verse 23, he says, have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. And this is the reason why. Because you know that they breed quarrels. Just one thing I forgot to, to, to mention. Paul is writing and speaking to Timothy. He's, all of these things that he's talking about here, he is speaking to Timothy. He says, have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. And this is the reason. Because you know that they breed quarrels. And... Verse 24, which is now where I want us to start uh, dwelling deep into this, into, into this passage. He says, and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome. So this is the reason why you need to move away, have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant conversations, because they breed quarrels, and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome. So it makes no sense to, to be one to one to become part of foolish, ignorant controversies that breed quarrel, if you, as the love servant, must not be quarrelsome. So, have nothing to do with these controversies that breed quarrels, because as the Lord's servant, you must not be quarrelsome. But he continues, but you must be kind to everyone. You must be able to teach. And you must patiently endure, endure evil. And lastly, you must correct your opponent with gentleness. So, staying away from foolish controversies that breed quarrels. Rather, be kind to everyone. Be able to teach. Enjoy evil and correct your opponent with gentleness. And this is the reason why you are to do these things. This is the reason why you are to be kind to everyone. This is the reason why you must be able to teach. This is the reason why you must patiently enjoy evil. And this is the reason why you must correct your opponent with gentleness. It is so that God may perhaps, may perhaps grant them repentance. There is no guarantee that God will grant them repentance, but perhaps that God may grant them repentance. Now this word grant, this word grant here, it's being freely given, is a gift. So God may perhaps grant them a, God may perhaps grant them the gift of repentance, the gift of the ability to be able to repent. What is, does it mean to repent? To change your mind, to come to the knowledge that you are in the wrong in relation to God's moral law or moral standard. It is God that grants them that gift of repentance. So be kind to everyone, be able to teach, patiently enjoy evil, Correcting your opponent with gentleness and the purpose for correcting your opponent with gentleness is so that God may perhaps, watch this, God, there's no guarantee that God will grant them repentance, but you are correcting them with gentleness with the hope that God may grant them repentance, with the hope that God may freely give them their gift of the ability to repent. Now, the ability to repent, therefore, based on this verse, comes from God. It is a gift that God decides based on his own decision, on his own counsel, to give it to someone who is opposing you as the Lord's servant. He, he grants them, he gives them freely the gift of repentance. It comes from God. It is not something that is 
naturally in a human being. It is something that God decides based on his own will to give freely to an unbeliever. It is something that God decides based on his own will to give freely to an unbeliever without them having earned them or having done anything to actually earn this gift. That is why it is something, it is a gift because it is not something that you earn. That is why it says grant because it is something that is freely given. So the reason we need to correct unbelievers or those who oppose the truth is so that God may perhaps grant them the ability to repent. Now to repent, as I said, means to change your mind, to acknowledge your sin and to turn around and walk in the path that is in line with God. But Paul doesn't stop there. Once you have corrected the, the, the unbeliever or the opposer of the truth with gentleness, once God has granted freely, given them freely the ability to repent, that ability to repent, once they have repented, it leads them to a knowledge of truth. So in other words, only after God has given you freely the gift to repent and you have actually repented, that will lead you to the knowledge of the truth. Only then will you actually have the knowledge of the truth before God Based on his own decision, not based on anything you have done, unless and until he gives you freely the gift to be able to repent, you cannot know the truth. Let that sink in for a second. Unless God grants you the ability to repent and grants you that ability freely without you having earned them, and you actually repent because now you have this ability, there is no way that you can come to the knowledge of truth unless you repent. Paul makes it very clear that you don't first get the knowledge of the truth and then repent. You actually repent first and then get the knowledge of the truth. That is the order in which these things happen. You repent, you acknowledge that you are a sinner, you acknowledge that you are not in line with God's law, that you are not walking in the moral standards of God, that you are not pursuing righteousness, you are not pursuing faith, you are not pursuing love, you are not pursuing peace. Unless you repent, you cannot come to the knowledge of truth. But you cannot repent unless God grants you that repentance. So as we correct unbelievers, as we correct those that oppose us with gentleness, we have a hope that God may perhaps give them freely the gift of the ability to repent. That will then lead them, after they have repented, since they now have the ability, that it may lead them, after they have repented, to the knowledge of the truth. But Paul doesn't stop there. Once they have been given the ability freely to repent and they have repented and they have now come to the knowledge of the truth, they, they, they may then come to their senses. In other words, only when God has granted you the ability freely, the free, the ability, freely the ability to repent and then you repent and then you get the knowledge of the truth. 
Only then will you come to your senses. Only then will you start thinking properly, rationally. Only then will be will you will you be able, based on the fact that now you have the truth, based on the fact that now you can differentiate between what is true and what is false. Now you can come to your senses. And not only that, once you have come to your senses, you can escape from the trap, from the snare of the devil. Before you come to the knowledge of truth, you are trapped by the devil. Before you come to the knowledge of truth, you are not in your senses. Before you come to the knowledge of truth, you are living and sleeping and doing everything inside the prison of the devil who has captured you to do his will. Whether you like it, accept it, believe it, as long as you do not repent, as long as you do not have the knowledge of the truth, you are not in your senses, you are not thinking straight, you are not rational, and you are trapped by the devil who has captured you to do his will. You are actually in this trap and you are busy doing what the devil wants. Let that sink in for a moment. This is what it means to be an unbeliever. This is what it means to be, to be the one opposing the truth of the Bible. You are opposing the truth of the Bible because you don't have the truth. You don't have the truth because you have not repented. You, don't have, you have not repented because God has not granted you freely the ability to repent. Once that happens, once God grants you freely the ability to repent, and you repent and then come to the knowledge of truth, you will start to think clearly, you will start to differentiate between lies and truth, you will start to think rationally, and then you will have the ability to escape from the prison of the devil, to escape from the trap of the devil, who is I who has captured you to do his will. In other words, only then that you have knowledge of the truth, only when you have the knowledge of the truth, and you have come to your senses and you, you will stop doing what the devil wants. But before you repent and have the knowledge of truth, you are currently, as an unbeliever, doing the, 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 the work of the devil, the will of the devil, whether you like it, accept it, or even know it. The bottom line is, this is what the Bible tells us. It tells us that if you don't have the knowledge of the truth, you have not come to your senses. If you don't have the knowledge of the truth, you are you remain trapped by the devil. And if you don't have the knowledge of the truth, you are busy doing the will of the devil, who has captured you for the very same purpose, so that you can do his will. This is what scripture tells us. So therefore, the only way to stop doing the devil's will, the only way to to escape his prison, the only way to escape his trap is to come to your senses. But the only way to come to your senses is to have knowledge of truth. But the only way to have knowledge of truth is to repent. And the only way to repent is if God grants you freely the ability to repent. That is the order, not the other way around. So why do we give evidence to unbelievers? Why do we give evidence to those who oppose us? Because evidence will not lead them to repentance. Only God can grant them repentance. Not us and our evidence. It is not 
truth first. Because an unbeliever has now seen that the evidence you are giving them is true. It is not evidence that leads them to repentance. It is God who by his own decision decides to grant them the ability. So instead of wasting time being frustrated trying to convince an unbeliever, all we need to do is to correct them with gentleness and pray for them that perhaps God may freely give them the ability to repent. That is where it all starts. Preach to them, give them the truth, correct their wrong view, but and then pray that God may perhaps give them freely the ability to repent. That is where it stops. You cannot force them to see the truth unless God has granted them the ability to repent. They themselves cannot repent unless God has granted them that ability to repent. Does it make sense? So instead of focusing on them being convinced that what you are telling them out of scripture is the truth, all you have to do is to give them the truth correct their, op- their, their views and then pray that God grants them repentance because only then once they have received the, the ability to repent from God, only then can they actually see that what you are telling them is the truth. Before that, you can preach until you are blue in the face. You will never convince an unbeliever that what you are saying is truth. You will never. So next time, when an unbeliever says to you, there are contradictions in the Bible, pray for them to repent. Next time, when an unbeliever says, the Bible doesn't make sense, pray for them to repent. Next time, when an unbeliever says, the Bible was written by men, so therefore they don't have to follow it, pray for them to repent. Once an unbeliever says, God doesn't exist, pray for them to repent. That is what you must do. Correct them, but eventually pray for them to repent. Because without repentance, they will never, ever be able to see the truth. They will never be able to come to their senses. They will never escape the trap of the devil. And they will continue to do his will. No matter what you say, no matter what you do. So we need to, we need to correct the views of unbelievers and we need to pray that God may grant them repentance so that they can see that what we are telling them, what we are preaching to them, it is the truth. Let not start by trying to convince them that what we are telling them is the truth and spend the whole day debating what is true or false with someone who does not have the ability to repent. You are wasting your time. What you need to do is to preach to them, give them the truth, but once you've given them the truth, pray for them that God may perhaps grant them repentance so that they can see what you told them is true. But what do we do? We spend time debating with someone who does not have the ability to repent. 
about what is true and what is false. We cannot do that. We only have to give them the truth and then pray that perhaps God may grant them repentance. I hope this now comforts you so that next time when you debate when you debate unbelievers, you are able to then say an unbeliever cannot understand that what I am saying to them is true unless God grants them repentance. So then when you correct them, you correct them with the hope that God may grant them repentance so that they can come to the knowledge of truth, come to their senses, escape from the trap of the devil, and stop doing his will. So do not spend your time trying to debate and show an unbeliever that you are telling the truth. Just tell them the truth and leave the rest to God. It is God who will decide whether he wants to give them the ability to repent or not. All you can do is give them the knowledge, preach, and then pray for them. Preach and pray. P and P. Preach and pray. That is all you can do. Not preach, convince. Preach, convince. No. Preach and pray. This must be comforting to us, knowing that it is not our job to convince an unbeliever, but it is our job to preach to them. So that once God has granted them repentance, they may see that what we have preached to them is the truth. They may come to their senses. They may escape the, 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 the trap of the devil and stop doing his will and rather start doing God's will. I hope this comforts you. I hope this puts you in a better place. So next time when you meet an unbeliever and he says to you, I don't believe the Bible, it is false. Correct them, give them the truth, and pray for them. And don't spend time arguing. Remember, the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome. This was the crossroad. This is Tepo Mafata. May you be blessed in your ministry. May you continue to preach the word of God. May you continue to make disciples. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.